Last week, the Biden administration ordered at least 3,000 American troops to deploy to Eastern Europe to help defend allies. Although these troops won't be fighting in Ukraine, we're told, doesn't this sound an awful lot like the rhetoric that led up to the Vietnam War? No American troops would be in Vietnam, but only American advisors. Right. So when your presidential administration policies are tanking, along with your poll numbers, what do you do to make up for some lost ground? How about start a war? Perhaps kill some so-called terrorists in Syria to protect the American people. Wouldn't that be just what you need to pull this country together and make the president look like a stronger leader, overcoming his negative polling? Well, we'll take a look at this possibility of war in today's analysis behind the news, where we provide the perspective and the plan to save American freedom and independence. NBC News reported, the moves are not permanent and the U.S. will readjust its posture as the conditions on the ground evolve, Kirby said. He added that the forces are not going to fight in Ukraine. They are going to maintain the robust defense of our NATO allies. The media and the Biden administration have helped place great attention on what Russia is doing on its border with Ukraine, preferring to call it a crisis that the United Nations Security Council has taken up. But in a world that constantly jockeys for world order, some questions need to be asked. Like, what would be gained by going to war with Russia? How would we be going to war under a NATO or UN-led force that stipulates engagement rules? Do we really think we could win a war in this manner and with a deep state-controlled federal government leading the way? Since the aftermath of World War II, the American military's record isn't very good. However, it's not the fault of those that served. Let me say that again. It is not the fault of those that served. Spend any amount of time with those that did serve in Korea and Vietnam, and you'd hear from those service members that those in charge didn't want to see the U.S. win. That the ridiculous, illogical rules of engagement favored the enemy whom didn't abide by rules. Those who served in Iraq and Afghanistan may say that mission creep kept them in these countries for many years, with again a ruthless enemy that didn't follow rules. And perhaps we should point out that these rules were not initiated by the U.S. Rather, these were put into place by international forces under the United Nations or its globalist subsidiaries, such as CETO. Are we willing to let these internationalists take control of our military once again, only to see years and years of spilled American blood, lost American treasure, all in the name to defend the borders of a foreign country when we don't even defend our own borders? For years, the globalists in the American deep state did all they could to ensure that communist Soviet Union and China were built into the superpowers they now are. The Soviet Union would have collapsed decades before it supposedly did, if the U.S. would not have intervened by sending aid and technology. A gentleman by the name of George Racy Jordan worked as an expediter and liaison officer in the Army in the 1940s, specifically working on Lend-Lease. According to the official U.S. House of Representatives archives, the Lend-Lease Act of 1941 authorized the president to sell, lease, or lend military hardware to any country he designated as vital to American national security. The Office of the Historian of the U.S. Department of State wrote online, Over the course of the war, World War II, 
the United States contracted lend-lease agreements with more than 30 countries, dispensing some $50 billion in assistance. One of those countries was the Soviet Union, as it was fighting against Nazi Germany, after it was attacked by it in 1941, because prior to it, it had been an ally to Nazi Germany. Major George Jordan's military orders declared him an assigned United Nations representative. Keep in mind that the United Nations was founded in 1945, yet his orders were from 1942. Working in the Lend-Lease area, he quickly became concerned that some of the shipments going to the Soviet Union were not part of the initial program, so he began to keep records of this material. Long story short, his findings eventually brought him to testify in front of Congress twice, as he tracked that the U.S. had supplied the raw materials needed for an atomic weapon and the military secrets needed to make it work, all done under diplomatic immunity through the Lend-Lease program. He published his book titled From Major Jordan's Diaries in 1952, and the John Birch Society republished it in 1961 and 1965 to help awaken Americans to the fact that, once again, America's leaders were supplying our communist enemies. The U.S. also aided the Chinese communists in their takeover of free China just after World War II. The John Birch Society also captured this in a book written by Robert Welch called May God Forgive Us, as well as the subsequent Again, May God Forgive Us. Birch members organized to largely distribute these books to help get the truth out. Let's understand that every war is an opportunity to help shape the world order. Enemies are built up and then torn down once they serve a purpose. You're seeing this with the Russia versus Ukraine narrative and the China versus Taiwan scenario. Remember, the goal of elite globalists advocating for a new world order is world government. To achieve this, the U.S. must be merged into a regional government, having to be brought down to the level of those we are being merged with. In the meantime, our wealth and resources are being used to enrich certain industries controlled by elite globalists who fancy seeing this new world order controlled by themselves. In fact, much of the raw materials needed to manufacture and equip our military comes from foreign sources, namely communist China. Now, if you think that's the free market in action, then you better think again. Getting us to be foreign dependent on such critical items as for war is not an accident. If a full-scale war did break out between Russia and the U.S., where do you think China would side? If it already sees the U.S. as its main enemy, think about that. Critical supplies for them would cease immediately. One of our senior writers for the magazine postulated that the Russia versus Ukraine and China versus Taiwan scenarios may be a setup to help Biden become a stronger leader. Think about that. The media is already running overtime to hyperventilate about the Russian menace on the border of Ukraine. Biden can certainly use these two scenarios to his advantage by using his diplomacy to defuse these situations, cranking up his poll numbers due to him being such a great statesman, of course. It certainly is possible. Now, anything to save Biden and his Democratic Party from themselves for the midterms, of course. However, think about this. The real winner will here will be Putin. In typical communist fashion, he gives the allure of a military takeover, you know, basically throwing a temper tantrum and wanting to get attention. And then the media and the U.S. comply and begin negotiations through its 
international entangling alliances such as NATO and the United Nations. Putin puts forth a list of incredible demands at which the U.S. will initially balk, but eventually will cave and give him part of what he wants. However, Putin will get what he wants as he knows how to play the game of two steps forward and one step back. Again, Biden will be declared a great statesman and a strong international leader, helping to regain some lost ground going into the polls, possibly without taking the U.S. to war. But as the New American Magazine asks, is it our fight? Why not follow the advice of the founders and adopt a non-interventionist foreign policy? This is the biggest difference between Americanism and globalism. We should get out of our entangling alliances, stop building up our enemies, and focus on rebuilding our lost freedom here in America. For if we do not, our days as an independent nation will certainly be numbered. So please, contact your congressman and tell them to get us out of NATO and the United Nations and ask others to do so too. Who do you know wants to protect American freedom and independence? Have them join the John Birch Society today to work with like-minded patriots and helping build educated electorates that are the bulwark of freedom. All links are in the video description. I'm Bill Hahn for the John Birch Society, and until next time, stay informed, stay active, and be bold, patriots.